morning, listeners. Welcome to Clay 1180 AM, and this is Biz Culture Matters, where we help the good guys win. Uh, t- this is Robert Richardelli, and with me this morning is Steve Gandra and Zach Gandra. Welcome, guys. It's great to be here. Morning, everybody. <laughs> hey, just a reminder to check excellentcultures.com as well for all of the blog articles based on these, and our podcast will be on there as well soon. Excited to be here. Yeah, we have a great blog article up on our guest today, Tim O'Donnell. Two as well. actually, two blog articles. Two articles. We had to move it to two parts of this of this uh, this amazing man. You're going to get to know in a few minutes. Now you can tell Tim why I, why I'm not in charge of the blog article. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's been Tim's a Tim's an in shape guy and top performer in his field, and we're excited to to have him have him on the show. We usually have a bunch of business guys on, but now we have somebody who. Who, who has seen some culture through the military and some business culture through that military and now is a top top triathlete in uh, in the world triathlete. I don't even know how to say it. I'm not a triathlete. <laughs> I don't work out. I don't work out. I don't run. So uh, it's exciting. Well, well, as a former runner who did it for far too long, I have great appreciation for Tim. You know, one of the things that uh, impressed me about you, Tim, when we first met and I got to know you is not just what a tremendous job you have done as a triathlete around the world competing. And, you know, I really love the video of the Galveston race. We want you to, we want you to tell us about that one and how you came in so far ahead and how you weren't even tired. You were so full of joy and the guy behind you just collapsed and needed to be resuscitated. We know that, we know there's some secret sauce there someplace that our listeners would love to hear. But uh, what, what impressed me about Tim is not just what a wonderful job he does as an athlete, but you know he's an Annapolis graduate and a former naval officer and has some insights on our subject matter, culture, values, employee engagement, and especially ethics that he brought with him from Annapolis through his career as a naval officer and is now able to deploy in his career as a triathlete. So, Tim, take a little, take a few minutes and just kind of tell our listeners about you, about your background, about, you know, what you're doing today, what your goals are, what your vision is, anything you want to say. It's going to be real interesting to anyone who gets to know you. And hailing from Shavertown, Pennsylvania, of course. Of course. <laughs> Welcome, Tim. That's right. Well, thank you. First off, thanks uh, for having me, guys. I'm, uh, I'm uh, really excited and, and happy to be able to uh, contri- uh, contribute today. Um, but just to give you a little background, um, I, did, I, I went to the Naval Academy. I graduated uh, about nine years ago in 2003. And uh, from there, I went into the special operations community and had a chance to uh, be a part of the Navy's world-class athlete program and, uh, you know, represent not just the Navy, but, uh, you know, all the armed services uh, on an international level and, and kind of showcase, I guess, the talent and the type of people that are in the armed services. And, uh, you know, I uh, went for uh, the Olympics then and unfortunately didn't make the team. But um, after uh, 2008, I transitioned from the military and decided to uh, become a you know full-time professional triathlete and a uh, passion of mine and something that I wanted to take a risk on doing and, and it's panned out and ever since you know I started um, really focusing all my energy on the sport it's been great and uh, you know I've uh, kind of risen up to the top ranks of the sport and I'm the current um, U.S. national champion for Ironman 70.3s and a former world champion so 
uh, yeah, everything's been been uh, been going great, and it's um, it's pretty awesome for me to be able to you know live a dream, you know, so to speak, through my work. You know, it's interesting. Uh, there's a, a significant person in your life, uh, soon to be your wife, uh, in in the near future. Uh, apparently, she uh, has uh, quite a, a background herself in uh, in success in the triathlon. Yeah, uh, my fiance Marinda um, is a former Ironman world champion, and um, we met on the race circuit a few years ago in St. Croix. And um, yeah, we just got engaged a few months ago, so we're we're pretty excited, um, you know, to to have found each other through the sport, and you know that makes uh, that makes the sport in and of itself. Uh, regardless of results, you know, totally worth it. So it's the Iron Man and the Iron Woman tying the knot. <laughs> <laughs> to have Iron Babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we already have sponsors. Uh, we have sponsors that want a uh, right of first refusal for uh, our firstborn. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that's so great. So, uh, Tim, tell us, tell us, you know, from a – a leader's point of view, as well as a athlete's point of view. I mean, what's what's your vision for a culture of ethics, values, and employee engagement? Uh, for me, and you know, when I think of all you know all those uh, topics, it, it just comes back to to the foundation of what I learned at the academy, and that's honor, courage, and commitment. Um, you know, you have to you have to have something you know deeper than just a result or or a product that you're making um and you know really go beyond that and and that's where you know the courage to you know to move forward and not just create a product and and set yourself to a standard um and and live up to that you know regardless of the bottom line uh is is very important so in your business Bottom line is critical. I mean, if you don't perform, if you don't win races, you don't get sponsors. If you don't finish in the top ten, your sponsors have to want to, you know, wane and go put their tag on somebody else. How do you deal with those those pressures and keep honor, courage, and commitment at the top of the list? Yeah, that's definitely uh, something a lot of athletes struggle with because, you know, it's at the end of the day, if you're not winning a race and bringing home a paycheck, um, you know, you're not paying the bills and, and you're not, uh, you know, buying your ticket to the next race. Um, but for me, I, you know, I kind of live by the idea of honor and competition. And, um, if, you know, if I'm cutting a corner, uh, you know, a, a, a cone on the course in the middle of the race and nobody's seeing it, um, get a couple seconds, you know, it may help me in the end, you know, make some more money or, or, place higher in the race but you know when i finish the line or when i cross the line it's you know i know and in my head i've set a standard for myself and i know that you know i i didn't achieve that place you know the way i wanted to the way i should and and you know holding myself to that standard um you know it means more to me than a finish a finish or a paycheck um you know keeping my integrity intact um you know is kind of paramount when i'm out there on the course that's got to be hard, like just to think about, I mean, when we're working with organizations, we have teams of people and competitors that we're competing against, but in Tim's world, that all exists in your own head and heart to, to, to many, you know, to a big extreme, all in your own head and heart. How do you, 
you know, work within your head and heart to stay up, to stay um, strong, to stay, you know, passionate when, you know, when, when you are human, you do make mistakes. And a lot of times we have teams around us to help do that. But how do you do that internally within yourself? Well, I, you know, I think it, it, it can go beyond just yourself. There's almost a culture, um, you know, of the racers uh, competing out there um, that helps set the standard. Um, when you get some of the, the top athletes out there and, you know, if there's, you know, 10 or 12 guys kind of riding close to each other out there on the race course, um, they will they will follow, you know, the guys that they know are, are the accomplished, um, you know, the accomplished racers and the ones they respect, and you can, you know, help set set the tone. Um, you know, f- you know, for example, if, if I'm in a group of guys and you know I'm kind of going to the front and I'm doing my work on the bike and contributing, um, that will kind of set the tone for some other guys who don't feel they're really in the position to take control to um, to follow suit somewhat. Uh, you know, we're going to move to a break in a, in a moment, but, you know, Tim, one of the questions I want to come out of the break with is tell me, tell us about the community. What is the culture, the community of, of the triathletes that, that uh, you're involved with? And you just mentioned how uh, people begin to recognize those with certain values and follow those leaders who have those values, maybe not necessarily because they're the top performer, but because there's something within them uh, that they value, that they want, that they honor and respect. And you guys have that honor and respect for one another. So let's talk about that. We're going to go to a break and come right back at Biz Culture Matters. ExcellentCultures.com is always interviewing leaders committed to cultural leadership, excellence, and change. These leaders like Russell Freeman, Ross Perot's COO, and Bob Hinton, CPA and Moss Adams' managing partner, have world-class ideas. As advocates for creating strong corporate culture that builds people and serves customers with excellence, they share breakthrough business ideas. Gain insights from Russell, Bob, and others on the Culture News blog at ExcellentCultures.com. Off-the-cuff management is old school at the very least. With culture at the root of every business problem or success, data-driven strategic leadership is where today's best businesses are focused. No one knows that better than Excellent Cultures. After 35 years, they are the Northwest's premier strategic leadership firm. Excellent Cultures has the expertise to read the soul of your business and generate abundance. Take the free BizCulture MRI or ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. As an executive CEO or business owner, do you ever find yourself struggling with work-life balance and achieving your goals at work and at home? Are you overwhelmed in your workload and feel important things just aren't getting done? Our coaches specialize in helping leaders just like you overcome challenges and build a plan to recenter your life to achieve the balance and success you've always hoped for in your business and personal life. Ask the experts at excellentcultures.com about the right plan for you. Okay, we're back at Biz Culture Matters with our guest triathlete uh, Tim O'Donnell. Tim, you know, coming after the break, we want to talk about this idea of culture within the triathlon community. You mentioned something significant before the break regarding uh, people see certain people, um, who they are, what they're made of, what their values are, and, and tend to follow those 
people. Tell us a little bit about the community, how important it is uh, in support for one another in the triathlon uh, community. It's, um, you know, the triathlon world, is, it's really interesting. Um, you know, you have professionals and, and uh, amateur athletes competing on the same course and on the same day. And um, it's, I think the, the, stand, the culture has, you know, always had high standards just because, you know, a lot of triathlon is about personal achievement, um, and especially in the age group world. So, you know, you're, you have your own standards, and, and it's not always just about finished places. So you really want to, you know, achieve those goals um, while, you know, kind of keeping your values intact. Uh, but it's, it, there's an interesting change in the sport right now on, on the professional level um, just because there's more money coming into the sport. And with higher prize purses and bigger sponsor dollars, um, you know, that tends to, you know, I guess, bring out the, the worst in people. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, win- winning a, a big prize purse will cause you to cut some corners or, or, you know, maybe let your, you know, standards kind of take a back seat um, in terms of trying to, you know, get that financial windfall. So, Tim, we're in a season where, you know, an American <coughs> idol is just, you know, fallen. You know, God bless Lance Armstrong, but, you know, all over the news, and we see that, gosh, this this could almost happen to anybody. Tell us about, you know, your own conversation that you have with yourself. What do you talk to yourself about when these pressures come at you that keep you true to your ethics and values and keep you from taking the shortcuts what's the mental discipline about that that goes beyond just competition and winning the race that causes you to compete and win the race the right way instead of the wrong way well i mean the reason i got into triathlon because is because i knew it was a, a true pure sport where it's just hard work and you know discipline can can bring you great results and um you know now that we we do see um you know kind of that air of doping and 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 performance enhancement um coming into sports including our sport um you know you have to you have to step back and and you have to be true with yourself first and for me i I, you know i take uh comfort in knowing that i don't have to um, cut corners. I don't have to cheat to be the best in this sport. Um, I look at a good friend of mine, Craig Alexander, who's won uh, the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii three times, and he has a course record out there. And he's a model of um, you know a, a true pure athlete. And he's you know anybody that's doing anything shady, he's still beaten. And so I know um, in my mind that I can be the best without um, having to take those measures. So. That kind of keeps me on course. So along the lines of you staying on course, not just with your training regimen, but also with your values and ethics, what I always like to watch and what our clients who are leaders of organizations like to watch is what makes the difference. I mean, what's what's the cutting edge? And I can't get that video of that race that you won in Galveston uh, recently 
out of my mind where, you know, you came in first and you were so full of energy and joy after this grueling experience and just elation on your face. And it's almost, you look like, I'm sure you were winded, but you look like you weren't. And then, you know, the guy behind you finished more than a minute back and he collapses the minute that he crossed the finish line and almost has to be resuscitated. What what happened there that caused that difference? And how do you talk to yourself and what goes on in your head when all that is taking place to get you those kind of results? Yeah, that was um, that was an interesting race just because um, Sebastian, um, the competitor who finished second, was uh, leading the race up until the last um, half a mile or so when, when I was able to get up to him on the run. And, and you know, we were exchanging attacks on the run and, and bridging gaps and attacking again. And um, it's really just, you know, knowing that the big the big races or the the big accomplishments um, they take that that much more. You know, they take they hurt that much more in our case. And you have to be willing to, I guess, go to that really dig deep and go to that that dark place um, and suffer a little bit to achieve a goal that you've put so much work and so much effort and so much belief in that you can achieve, um, you know, seeing that come true. So talk to us about what advice you would give to business leaders who their pressures are different than yours because maybe the physical pain isn't there, but the pressures to compromise ethics and values are what what advice can you give to folks to stay true and still win? Well, I mean, for me, I always, um, I look back, you know, after a race or competition and, and, you know, I remind myself that I'm a person, I'm not a result. Um, there's more to me than just how I finished in a race. And at the end of the day, uh, that's who I am. I'm not a number. And, you know, to everyone in the business world, um, you know, you're not a product. Um, you represent something more than just that product. And when, at the end of the day, when you look at that bigger picture and you take pride in not just what you create, but who you are and, and how you go about that process, um, you know, for me, me, the reward of, you know, having a great race where I, you know, put my best foot forward and I stay true to, you know, all my standards and what I believe in, regardless of the result, that's a huge accomplishment for me. And that brings a lot of, you know, self-gratification that, and a lot of times it's, you know, more fulfilling than, than a result, you know, than a pony of finish. And I think you can really um, translate that into the business world and, you know, at the end of the day, how you get how you get to that product that you're creating, um, and how you do it, and the pride you take in that process uh, can really mean a lot to you and, in particular, your employees. I think we see that everywhere. Like definitely in the business world, we we when we see it with clients and, and different people we coach, we call it the golden handcuffs. Right? They're strapped to the to what they're doing by the golden handcuffs because they're looking at the paycheck they're bringing in, but forgetting, I love what you said, you're a person, not a product. That's huge. You're, you're a person, not a result. And I think that's good advice for, I, I think it's amazing coming from an athlete, hearing it from you, because you see the cutting of corners in athletes and you guys are on a pedestal that everybody sees it. it the temptation just would lie so much more. But when people find 
their life and their their core in themselves as a person rather than what they're making or or what the view of others is around them is the one thing that can keep you going on that course of of true life intent as well as as joy of what you're living out and what you're doing and why you're doing it. Absolutely. And, you know, as athletes, we don't have employees per se, but when you're out there racing and you have your fans out there and your admirers, um, they, you know, I don't know if they realize it or not, but they connect on a much greater level and they support the athletes that are, you know, that have those higher standards. Um, and they may not know it or not, um, but that connection is there. And, and when there's some shady athletes out there and they don't have the support from the fans and that translates into, you know, a lack of support from sponsors. And um, I think it's very similar to, you know, almost a boss and an employee relationship in that sense. They, they kind of, they can just sense, you know, the standards that the boss sets and, um, you know, what, you know, what they believe in and, and they can relate to that and, you know, adopt it. You know, uh, Tim, thinking about identity, you're talking about identity. Who is, who am I? You know, why am I type stuff? And what's really important and, what you, and how profound at a young age that you've caught this. Um, and, 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 yeah, you're, going, you're setting goals, you're setting standards, and you're setting um, goals for performance, you know, to win, to, to, to achieve. At the same time, we all know at some point you won't be able to achieve. You won't be able to hit those times anymore. Your body is, is not going to take you there into the 40s like it did in the late 20s and 30s. Uh, and, and, if they, and you've probably seen this, and we've seen it even today in, in a large magnitude uh, on the news. But when an athlete uh, or even a, a top achiever in, in other uh, sports or business uh, when their identity is wrapped up into what they do versus who they are, and they can't perform what they do, then 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 them themselves uh, they they go into a tailspin. And of course, you've heard the suicide, you've heard all kinds of stuff that people go into. So I think it's very important that people realize um, what you do is not who you are, and how you perform is not who you are. Although you may achieve set high goals and, and go after those standards. So can you talk about that as an athlete? You know, if you don't have that perspective, uh, you realize your body is not is going to give out. There will be injuries. There will be times where your body just won't perform as you as you as you progress in age. And then then where are you? You know, and and you've seen athletes come out of that and, and not come out of it very well because their identity was wrapped up in it. Yeah, you know, um, there's a uh, one of the greatest Ironman athletes. Uh, in history is, is Dave Scott. He's won, you know, he's won Ironman uh, Hawaii six times. And his personal, um, you know, his greatest race in his mind uh, was the year he got fifth when he was 40. Uh, he wasn't even close to winning, but um, what he put into that race and, and how he prepared and, and how he really got the best out of himself on that day, um, to him now is a greater accomplishment. And, you know, he's one of, he's one of those people that, you know, realizes that he's not just that result, you know, he's something more, and, and he's gone on to, to have, you know, a great you know, career uh, within the industry. Uh, and for me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not just a triathlete. I consider myself, um, you know, someone that, that likes to challenge and likes to compete. And right now, my challenge um, in, in life and as my career is, is triathlon and, and winning the Ironman World Championships. Um, so when I, you know, I, I realize I have a finite life as an athlete. 
Um, but when I move on, I know that, um, you know, I'll have another challenge. And right now my challenge is triathlon. Interesting. Speaking about the dynamic of the next challenge, the last time we talked to you, uh, you shared with us some inside conversations that the Iron Couple have with each other about training, about keeping each other on track, about you know how, how the two of you team up together to encourage and enhance you and the practices that you have at home and when you turn the computer off and when you don't. Uh, could you share with us a little bit about that dynamic of how you and your fiancé are able to help each other stay on track and stay true to your ethics and values? Well, I mean, for us, it's... Um I'm sorry? We were talking about the conversations that you and your fiancé have with each other on a regular basis that help you stay on track. I, re I remember particularly how you shared with us that um, you know, you turn the computer off at a certain time every night because that's family time. And you uh, address uh, different subjects together in how you communicate and really put together a significant amount of teamwork that help, helps both of you perform at a higher level. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're each other's, um, you know, greatest support and, you know, each other's greatest critics at the same time. And um, having that connection and, and being able to be honest with each other, um, it's really important. Um, you know, when we're out there training, um, you know, you can, we obviously have great respect for each other and we can kind of pick up on, on what it, uh, of it, you know, each other does. Um, you know, really small stuff like Marinda won't touch the wall, you know, going in, into uh, into the end of an interval in the swim. And for me, that's, you know, that's cutting corner. You can, you go all the way to the wall, you finish what you started and, and for her, you know, she won't cut off a corner on, on, a, on a run. You know, she'll, she'll go, you know, all the way around the sidewalk and keep going. Um, you know, for her, that's, you know, that's cutting corners. So, um, you know, we, we have standards. Uh, we each have individual standards, and, and we see them, and I think we take the best of each other. And, you know, that only raises, you know, our bar even further. That's great. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back with Tim O'Donnell. ExcellentCultures.com is always interviewing leaders committed to cultural leadership, excellence, and change. These leaders like Russell Freeman, Ross Perot's COO, and Bob Hinton, CPA and Moss Adams' managing partner, have world-class ideas. As advocates for creating strong corporate culture that builds people and serves customers with excellence, they share breakthrough business ideas. Gain insights from Russell, Bob, and others on the Culture News blog at ExcellentCultures.com. Off-the-cuff management is old school at the very least. With culture at the root of every business problem or success, data-driven strategic leadership is where today's best businesses are focused. No one knows that better than Excellent Cultures. After 35 years, they are the Northwest's premier strategic leadership firm. Excellent Cultures has the expertise to read the soul of your business and generate abundance. Take the free BizCulture MRI or ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. Has business taken over your life? Are you living to work or working to live? Stress, broken marriages, neglected relationships, and poor health are symptoms of a life out of balance. The right coaching plan can have a transformational impact on the quality of your performance at work, depth of relationships at home, and personal sense of well-being. 
Stop struggling to survive. Ask the experts at excellentcultures.com how coaching can help you maximize your life and optimize your work. We're back at Biz Culture Matters with our guest, Tim O'Donnell. Welcome back, Tim. Tim, so as a world competitive triathlete, this subject of ethics, values, and employee engagement is kind of all over the news in business, not just in athletics. Where have you seen as an athlete? I mean, you, you know, you're a business. You know, most people think that business guys or athletes are not business guys, and business guys are not athletes. And but I mean, if you can't keep the business side of your your business going, there really isn't an opportunity to compete because I mean your sponsors and how you relate with them and how you communicate with them and how you compete on race day I mean it's 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 a full-time two jobs instead of just one can you give us your perspective on where you have seen both on the athletic side and on the business side these cultures of values and ethics and employee engagement start to deteriorate what causes it? What are some of the trouble signs to look out for? What advice can you have for our listeners along those lines? Well, I think, um, you know, along the business side, uh, not just uh, myself, you know, as a, uh, you know, the business behind the athlete, but um, within uh, with the World Triathlon Corporation, which is, is the, um, you know, it, it is the, the business of Ironman. Um, you know, we had, we had a, a really... Um, interesting situation this year with with Lance Armstrong coming into the sport and you know for for um, the Ironman Corporation bringing Lance in, into triathlon was a huge deal it, it was a huge uh, value creator for the brand and, and and for the bottom line of the brand and they put a lot of money into bringing Lance in and you know it was he was at that race I did in Texas and it was uh, 10 times bigger production than the race was the year before and having won that race, you know, being the guy that beat Lance, my value of it as an athlete was just boosted as well. Um, but when uh, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency brought about um, their allegations against Lance, uh, the Ironman Corporation had uh, a rule for the professional athletes in place that basically said if you were under investigation for doping, then you were not eligible to compete. And... For Ironman, you know, they were paying a lot of money to Lance. This, you know, this was a big investment for them. And they were, you know, they were on the fence about basically breaking the rule and making an exception to let Lance keep racing. And um, it was, they were, you know, they were almost there. And, you know, myself and some other of the higher profile athletes, you know, made a statement and let a charge um, towards Ironman Corporation, not against Lance or not, you know, even saying that he was, uh, you know, a doper or that these allegations were true, but, you know, sticking to our standards. Every pro uh, professional triathlete signed their agreement with Ironman Corporation and agreed to this rule. And in the past, uh, other athletes have, um, you know, had to follow this rule and, and been penalized for not being able to race while under investigation. And for us, you know, we needed to keep the core and the foundation of integrity of our sport intact, and that meant, you know, not changing our rules 
um, just because a person is, you know, who they are or as popular as they are or as, you know, big of an investment as they are. So, um, you know, Ironman did the right thing. Uh, they they stayed uh, to their rule and, um, you know, they lost a lot of money. Um, he was a big investment. Um, but they put the integrity of the sport uh, before the bottom line. And, you know, being a part of that was really important to me to, you know, to give, you know, all of us some pride in, in the uh, corporation that, you know, that we work with and that we race under. So kind of shifting gears here to the, to the team side, the recent Gallup poll has shared that in America, 70% of our workers are effectively disengaged, disengaged with their jobs. I mean, they are engaged someplace else, but not with their jobs. And I remember from the last time we talked to you, three, you know, different values other than the ones that you shared with us earlier that you brought with you from your career at Annapolis and in the Navy. You know, we talked earlier about honor, courage, and commitment. The team values of ship, shipmates, and self really seem to resonate as something that so many organizations and businesses could learn from that we got from our last conversation. Can you expound a little bit upon those three values, how they've shaped your life, how they shaped your uh, competitive perspective as an athlete, and what advice you could give to folks that would not just make their performance better, but their team, their organization, and our country better? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's you know, it comes down to, you know, almost leading from the front. And, you know, we say, you know, ship, shipmate, self, um, you know, putting your priority, you know, the, the you know, the, 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 the whole before, you know, your, your part as an individual. And, um, you know, I really think, um, you know, employees can get disengaged when, you know, they think that their leader um, is put in themselves in front of the ship. Um, you know, there's no bigger motivator than, you know, to see your leader, um, you know, living true to that ship, shipmate self, and, you know, putting everything else in front of them, which includes, you know, uh, his or her uh, employees. So um, I've, I've seen, you know, from back in my naval career, I've seen some good leaders and I've seen some bad leaders. And, um, you know, you really see it in, in, in the men and women underneath them. You see it in just, you know, the overall atmosphere and tone and the general feeling. And it's, you know, it's really those guys that, that understand, you know, this motto that, um, you know, have, uh, you know, the most uh, effective workers because they, they enjoy the situation they're in and they are engaged. Yeah, that's real interesting. The large value proposition on leadership in today's organizations had just grown significantly in the last few years when all the research has been done on it. Yet when I hear you talk about it, it's just kind of simple and straightforward. You know, put yourself at the bottom of the list, put your larger organization first, and put your team second, and regardless of what happens, think about all the decisions that you make in that order and good things happen. So, okay, every, you know, a lot of people have heard that. A lot of people have read it. A lot of people experienced it when they were in the armed forces. What is it that, in your opinion, 
is causing all of these ethical debacles that are taking place. I mean, we don't, we don't, we see big news about Lance being investigated for doping, but we don't see any news about the decision that the organization made with your and your colleagues' encouragement to keep the rules intact and not modify them just to get more money. I mean, what, what causes all of these ethical debacles to happen, in your opinion, and what can folks do to turn it around, and what's the benefit of turning it around? Yeah, unfortunately, I guess the, uh, the negative news and, and the scandal and the controversy um, seems to, to be a little bit bigger of a seller than, um, you know, the, the story of, of the good guys doing the right thing. Um, but you know, I, really, I really think it's, a, you know, it's when people, you know, put their that own gain, um, I guess, self-gain, you know, no matter what the cost, and they put that at the forefront of, of you know, how, how they operate. Um, it, it, you know, that really just spreads, I think. Um, and, you know, when you have one of the top guys in a sport like cycling, um, you know, I guess um, kind of, you know, having that, uh, you know, personifying that, um, it, it's easy to spread. You know, talking about employee engagement, looking at you guys working for the organization, in a sense, individuals working for the same organization, uh, are what would they have made that decision without you voicing, do you think? I mean, it, it, would they have made the right decision without you uh, speaking, having a voice, you know, this is what uh, I look at in any organization. If you create the safety or an authenticity within the organization, within the culture, that brings the ability for everyone to have a voice. Uh, it can make a difference. And and you guys, you guys chose to have a voice. You have a voice and spoke it out. Do you think the organization would have made the right decision without your voice being heard? You know, I mean, ideally, I would, I would like to think that, um, but you know, sometimes it's you know the people at the top um, really, um, you know, understanding the standards of and the expectations uh, of the culture, and and you know, I guess sometimes it's just a reminder that hey, you know, everyone in this organization, um, you know, they have this standard, and and you know, we need we need to uphold it, so. Um, you know, I, I definitely like to think so, but um, I think, you know, any organization that can, can listen um, to the people involved with it and, you know, understand, um, the ex, you know, their expectations, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, ethical expectations and, and understand that and act on it, um, it, it you know, it's a uh, great, uh, great time. So great advice, yet so simple. Listen to your people. <laughs> listen to your people understand and act upon it so simple so as as we kind of wind down here tim to our next break tell us um your view on uh what can be done in your opinion to increase the level of engagement the level of excitement the level of commitment in today's organizations based upon your experience as both a naval officer and a triathlete? I, I really think it's just um, pride in what you create. Um, you know, I, I take take pride in, in um, you know, the, the effort and the work I put in, you know, to my racing. And, and in the Navy, I, you know, I put, put pride in, 
to the team of guys around me and, and what we were doing. And I think when you there's a sense of something greater than just the product involved, um, it really does keep everyone uh, more engaged. And um, you know, for them, they have they have more riding on it than than just you know uh, the, the goal of you know your, your, that goal, but they have um, you know their personal um, pride involved, and, and they want to see that upheld. Very well said. Very well said. We're going to be right back. When we're back, Tim, we want you to talk to our listeners who are leaders of organizations and give them your advice on what they can do to increase this sense of pride with their people, to impart these values of ship, shipmate, and self, and honor, courage, and commitment in a way that people live them rather than just talk about them. We'll be right back. ExcellentCultures.com is always interviewing leaders committed to cultural leadership, excellence, and change. These leaders like Russell Freeman, Ross Perot's COO, and Bob Hinton, CPA and Moss Adams' managing partner, have world-class ideas. As advocates for creating strong corporate culture that builds people and serves customers with excellence, they share breakthrough business ideas. Gain insights from Russell, Bob, and others on the Culture News blog at excellentcultures.com. Off-the-cuff management is old school at the very least. With culture at the root of every business problem or success, data-driven strategic leadership is where today's best businesses are focused. No one knows that better than Excellent Cultures. After 35 years, they are the Northwest's premier strategic leadership firm. Excellent Cultures has the expertise to read the soul of your business and generate abundance. Take the free BizCulture MRI or ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. As an executive CEO or business owner, do you ever find yourself struggling with work-life balance and achieving your goals at work and at home? Are you overwhelmed in your workload and feel important things just aren't getting done? Our coaches specialize in helping leaders just like you overcome challenges and build a plan to recenter your life to achieve the balance and success you've always hoped for in your business and personal life. Ask the experts at excellentcultures.com about the right plan for you. Welcome back to Biz Culture Matters with our guest Tim O'Donnell. So, Tim, as a triathlete, what advice can you give to leaders based upon 71% of a workforce that is effectively disengaged in their jobs? How do you get people to take pride if they're not already taking it? How do you get them past the, well, it's just it's more than just about the product? Uh, what input can you give them? What advice can you give them? Well, um, for, you know, Personally, I think um, making them ha- feel a little bit more of ownership in, in what you're doing is, is very important. Um, you know, if I mess something up in a race, uh, you know, um, if I don't execute properly, you know, I take ownership in my fault. And, and when I succeed, I take ownership as well. So um, I think it's important for leaders to, uh, to make sure that, you know, their employees do have that sense of ownership in what they're doing. Um, and that will, you know, in my opinion, keep them engaged uh, to a much greater level. 
So how do you got it? Ownership. How do you cause ownership to happen? Is it something that you would recommend that leaders model as, I mean, how, how did you guys do it when you were a naval officer? Well, I think, um, first of all, you have to, you know, set the expectations um, and let them know uh, that you see them at that level of involvement and of level of ownership and, you know, personal responsibility and, you know, set the standard. Um, you have to show that, you know, you're taking ownership as well. Uh, you know, a lot of times you see leaders that, you know, may make mistakes um, and, you know, they'll let it fall on someone else and kind of, you know, uh, you know avoid the aftermath. But, um, you know, you have, to, you have to lead from the front and, you know, show that you uh, take ownership and let them know your expectations or the expectations they should have of you as a leader. Um, you know, they should know that they uh, should be able to expect you to do these certain things and that you are accountable um, when those don't happen or if, you know, if something goes wrong uh, when you do execute. So rather than just talking about it, can you think of an example of either when you were a naval officer or as a triathlete where you yourself or someone who you knew and were close to made a mistake and you saw him do it right or you did it right and took ownership of it and brought it up and dealt with it as opposed to trying to dodge and cover up? <laughs> I'm just thinking of a, a good good scenario here that uh, it might be appropriate. Appropriate is um, key. Uh, it is the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there were times, uh, you know, when I was uh, in, in dive school, um, uh, you know, as as uh, the only officer in the class, uh, where I, I had to take that role, um, and uh, you know, we uh, there there was um, you know one situation where you know and I messed up uh, on our rig setup for uh, our scuba tanks, uh, and that was my fault, you know, and that I had to, you know, I basically had to, you know, not let the rest of the class take the brunt of it from from our higher ups and, you know, them seeing, you know, their leader kind of, you know, take responsibility is, you know, is very important. Um, you know, they, to an extent, they're doing what you, you know, tell them to do or, or have set up. And it, it's, you know, it's easier to kind of dodge a bullet, but, you know, when you're at the top, you, you, need, to, you need to take the responsibility. So what did you see happen when you stepped up to the plate and said, you know, my bad, fess it and fix it, so to be, so to speak. My bad, you know, I screwed this up. What, you know, what happened? What did the people do? Well, what did um, the team do? You know, right away, you know, I, you know, really saved, you know, saved them from kind of the, the brunt of everybody, you know, taking taking the hit for, for the problem. And, and the... <laughs> This, I mean, really, the best part is you know seeing after the fact, even days and weeks to come, them double checking me, um, making sure I didn't make that mistake again, uh, just because they had respect and admiration, you know, that I as a leader could, you know, take responsibility and also you know save them from you know possible punishment they didn't they didn't deserve, and then you know want to you know return the favor or just uh, show their support, you know and look out for me and making sure that I wasn't put in that situation again. Yeah, yeah, well said, well said. So, tough question number two. With all of the 
riffraff that's gone on in the media and the Lance Armstrong doping accusations and challenge. At Excellent Cultures, our sponsor, and here on Biz Culture Matters, we're about helping the good guys win. And we believe you're a good guy, which is why we're talking to you. <laughs> but we don't necessarily believe that Lance is a bad guy. Because there's a lot of good guys, you know, every good guy, you know, makes mistakes that they wish they never would have made. And, uh, you know, no one knows the truth probably but Lance right now about the whole situation in his own heart. Uh, how, how can Americans reach out to Lance in a positive way that creates positive outcomes instead of just pointing the finger, gossiping, condemning, and judging? You know, I think uh, the, the best way to reach out is continued support of the uh, uh, Armstrong Foundation, uh, Livestrong. Um, you know, Lance has created something unbelievable and does a lot of good for people. And regardless of, you know, how you feel about him as an athlete or, or what he's done in his athletic career, um, you know, his, the, you know, either negative or positive things he's done in his athletic career, you know, you can't deny the good that Livestrong is. And you've seen that a lot, um, you know, a lot of the sponsors have pulled out from his personal support but are staying strong with their support from Livestrong. You know, that really is the right thing to do. Um, you know, it's, it's a great organization, and um, it does a lot of good. And um, regardless of what has happened in the past, um, you can't let, you know, you can't let that falter. And, and you can't let those um, who would benefit from the foundation uh, go without just because of, you know, what has happened. So how about Lance as an individual? You know, how, how, how can the public, how can fellow triathletes, how can fellow bikers reach out to Lance in a way that emphasizes positiveness and restoration and encouragement as opposed to gossip, finger-pointing, and condemnation? For the good, for the good um, of the sport as well as for the good of Lance. Yeah, I mean, I think I think sometimes it's hard if if um, you know if it, you know it's, it's a sticky situation where you know he, you know he still doesn't, I guess, kind of admit um, to the accusations or, or really confront them. But uh, you know, I think the best way to, to keep it positive would be to um, you know to approach Lance from you know, the technical side of the sport, you know, what can he bring and how can he possibly influence, uh, you know, up and comers or new cyclists on, um, things they can do and help them in the sport that, you know, parts of the sport that are on drug, you know, that aren't drug related. Um, you know, he's still an incredible athlete and, um, he still has, and he's an unbelievable wealth of knowledge. Um, and from his knowledge, um, you know, he can still, um, you know, use that for, for positive um, in the long run. So irrespective of whether Lance is guilty or innocent of the charges, if you were in his place, how would you deal with it? What would you do? How would you handle it? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah he's, he is in a tough, uh, you know, tough place. Um, he still has unbelievable support. Um, for me, I would, I would, you know, focus on the good, focus on the good that you can do. And I think he's doing that, um, you know, particularly with the foundation 
and he's you know focusing on other aspects of his life. You know, he's looking at race series, uh, you know, live strong race series and things like that. So he's not letting, I guess, um, you know, all the, the drama and, and you know all the buzz about everything and, and what that, what is happening. He's not letting that affect how he's moving forward with his life and the positive things in his life. So as a as a business person now, Tim, uh, the business you know obviously professional sports are different than amateur because it involves business. You know, as a as a business person, uh, what advice can you give to today's business leaders about how do you not just talk about these values of ship shipmates and self and honor and courage and commitment but how do you activate them in your cultures and get people to really live them as opposed to just posting banners on the wall or nice beautiful words on websites yeah i mean that's i think something you can see a lot of that idea that you know that those big values kind of being put out there and not really acted on um yeah I think it's as simple as actions speak louder than words. Um, you have to, you know, the leaders need to really live those values. Um, and, you know, everyone else in the organ- organization will almost pick up on it, um, you know, whether they realize it or not, and, you know, follow the standard. Yeah, so what I hear you saying is forget about trying to promote it and start working on trying to live it. Exactly. And, and, you know, when you see, you know, uh, mission statements and things like that that are, you know, really just long and drawn out and complicated, um, and, and, you know, they, I don't think they connect with their audience. And uh, that's, you know, really what needs to happen. You know, keep it simple and, and, and you know, keep, keep that vision clear and, and concise and make it something that, you know, your employees can connect with. Yeah, such a great bit of advice. Stop thinking about promoting values and start living them. Tim, you've just been such a wonderful inspiration to so many people, both as a competitive athlete and a leader. It's always a pleasure to listen to what you have to say. Uh, Folks, make sure that you check out Tim's blogs at excellentcultures.com. Make sure that you, for certain... Can they still watch the video of you winning that race in Galveston with the guy collapsing behind you and, you know, you so full of joy you you, you could hardly <laughs> wait to finish? Absolutely. Just uh, head to my website, timothyodonnell.com, and uh, there's that and some other great video clips. Yeah, no, no, no greater example. What's the name of the race in Galveston where they can see that clip? That was the Ironman 70.3 uh, U.S. Championship. Yeah, the U.S. Championship. Tim O'Donnell. U.S. Ironman Championship Athlete. Thank you so much. Wonderful to hear from you. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys, and thanks for uh, taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you, Tim. We'll see you soon. Listeners, thank you for being with us on Biz Culture Matters. We're here at 7 a.m. on Clay 1180 a.m. every Saturday morning. Please let your friends and family and business coworkers know about us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us. 